Hello and welcome to the Kalo Show. We're back, y'all. Okay, so an unexpected thing happened, as it often does in my world. So maybe you know I launched the Kalo Show in January of 2019, and I had recorded like what I thought were four episodes that were going to go out. But then it released. And then life got busy and I realized I had some other priorities. I had some things that I needed to do for me and I had to call myself out on this isn't spiritual bypassing, but it's creative bypassing. I had to call myself out on some creative bypassing and say, you know what, Carrie, you want to do this podcast. This is a long term game for you. You know, you want like this is this is the thing you want to do for a long time and there are two projects that you need to finish before you can move on because they are hanging over your head and it just doesn't feel good and you feel out of integrity and how are you going to you know start your next creative spring group which is my women's creativity group how are you going to start your next group if and raise the price if you aren't releasing your own shit, right? And I have been releasing my own stuff in terms of like products and things like that or programs, a couple of which I did last year that I ended up not really liking, so I stopped them. So I've been pretty active in terms of those projects, but there has been an artistic project that has been on my back burner for a year and a half and it just became abundantly clear that it was time to finish it was time to shh or get off the pot right I guess I'm just not cursing because the explicit thing I don't know I don't know but here I am and I haven't put out a podcast in a few weeks but I don't I don't judge myself for those kinds of things because One, because I just know what my priority is. If I know what my priority is, then everything else in my life lines up around that. And for me, the priority first was to finish Artist CEO. So Artist CEO was a two and a half year project. That is the story of, we say one woman's, but it's really two women's journey to make business and art live in harmony. So I was the narrator, I was the editor, I was the co-producer, and then my co-producer Shannon was also the protagonist and the subject. And she is a performance artist and actress who runs a brand agency in San Francisco. And we basically captured the first two years of her really building her business to a true agency while trying to not lose the artist side of herself. And we captured her... In all of the trials, all of the tribulations, and in doing a two-person show, theater show, um, while she was running a business, and then just all of the, all of the story behind that, all of the struggle in that, all the triumph in that, and all of her figuring out what it means to be both an artist woman, an artist, and a business person. You like how I almost said artist woman? What is it like to be an artist woman? Um, I like it. I actually really like that. So an artist woman and a businesswoman. And throughout that show, we ended up telling my story too, because 
I started my business and I was a virtual assistant. I was, you know, just helping people with their content. I could set up things like MailChimp. I could update someone's WordPress website. I taught myself how to do all of those things. And that's what I was doing. And as I started working on this podcast and watching Shannon and I found universal health principles, the healing modality I practice and entered a training program for that, I I had to watch my business change and be like, wow, you know, being a virtual assistant was my ticket out of an unfulfilling job, which was nannying. Uh, and it was great. It gave me location independence. It you know, used my skills. I was helping female entrepreneurs, usually coaches, creative coaches. So I got to see behind the scenes of their business and what worked and what didn't work. It was a huge learning opportunity for me. And at a certain point, I had to be like, wow, I can't do that anymore. And so that's you know, I mean, honestly, that's happened fairly recently where I'm like, wow, like I really, I'm supposed to be doing healing sessions and I'm supposed to be doing coaching with female creatives and small creative teams. And I'm, I'm really actually have gotten to the point where I can't do anything else. It's like my soul's calling besides finish my art projects, which I'll talk about in a second because that's related but like I've gotten to the point this frequency where I can't do anything except for my soul's calling and it's kind of a scary place to be in I'm gonna be honest it's a little scary to be like oh well the thing I did for years to make money is not does not feel viable for me anymore and yet the reason that I'm at that place is that I've gathered the tools and I've gathered the knowledge and I've gathered, gathered the experience and the mindset to be able to hold that. So I'm diving in headfirst and, and I realize that, yeah, I want to dive into my business headfirst. I am diving into my business headfirst and there's this art project that I have to finish. So one, I did finish Artist CEO um, at the end of January. Hallelujah. I really think you should go listen. It's nine episodes. They're about half an hour each or a little less. And oh, that so much heart and soul went into that thing. I think you'll love it. I think you'll be inspired by it. And if you like this podcast, you'll probably relate to it. And then there's another project that I had to finish called Keep Both My Eyes, which is a poetry album. So this has a funny story and I like to share this story because I think it just shows you how how much being a creative woman can be an emotional roller coaster um, and why we need support, why we need energy workers and healing sessions and coaches and, you know, friends and partners and accountability stuff and people that can give us feedback because it's a wild ride. So the story is that I that I was feeling pretty frustrated with myself because all of my creative energy had been going into the artist CEO podcast. And while that was incredible, I mean it was the first time that I was getting paid a really good rate to work um, on a creative project, it also was using up my creative energy. And just there's something about me 
and maybe you, which is if I'm not doing my own creative work, I don't feel like myself. I don't feel powerful. I don't feel like I'm living my truth. You know, okay, obviously, like I said in the last episode, there are, you know, fallow times, but at the end of the day, more often than not, engaging in my own personal creative project and the pursuit of that is a big part of what energizes me and makes me feel like I'm getting my unique expression out into the world uh, in a way that, you know, that just can't be replicated. Because I even think that even though like, even though your business can be a unique expression in the world, it totally can. There's just something different about art, like pure art. Like I didn't make this to make money. I made this because my soul had to make it. And that was this project. But it came about in a kind of um, more strategic sort of way, but not from me. So I would think I was expressing to my partner that, you know, I was frustrated that I hadn't done my own work. And he was like, just do something like low hanging fruit. Like, look at all the poems you've written. You've got to have at least a short book. A chat book basically he didn't say that because he doesn't know what that means but I told him oh yeah a chat book he said you know yeah like make a little book of poetry and be done with it that won't take that won't be so hard <laughs> and in some ways it wasn't and then in some ways it really was but I mean it really wasn't it was just me getting out of my own way which is really what the process is But I said, you know, that's a good idea. So I went back and I looked at my poems and I didn't really want to do spoken word. I wanted this to be, or at least the style of spoken word. So I did a bunch of poems that are, you know, more like slam poems. They really rhyme. They're very rhythmic, all of that. I knew that I didn't want it to be this. I feel like I had, um, I love that format. And then also there's a part of me that uh, doesn't love that or just wanted to do something different I don't know I have some kind of complicated feelings around slam poetry because sometimes it's so angry that I don't want to listen to it and it can be really powerful but that's something I need to work out because as I've accessed my joy and higher frequencies of love and excitement and all of that I've really It's just like some of the spoken word stuff doesn't resonate with me anymore because it's not on that level. But it just depends on who's sharing. Um, Like, you know, some poets do have that sense of magic and wonder and it's not all just being angry. Anyway, I digress. So I knew it wasn't going to be slam poems. It was just going to be poems. So I went back through the notes section on my phone, which is really where I do like 90% of my writing because I like to write while I'm moving and it also feels like less pressure like opening up a doc on my computer can often feel just it has more pressure to it and ends up blank but if I'm just like jotting something into the note into the notes section of my phone it flows so okay so here's what I did um I looked back through all my poems and I got to see that there were a couple themes I had a set of poems that was kind of the theme themes around the body and I had a set of poems that were actually about grief and aging and loss and there seemed to be a lot more there was just more material and more like ready material and the material called to me on the latter on the stuff about grief and loss 
And, you know, I had lost um, my grandfather the year before. And I'm, I'm going to get my timelines confused. But basically, I had, I think I lost my grandfather when I was 25 or 26. And that was the first 25. That was the first you know, person close to me that had died. And over the next few years, I proceeded to lose another grandparent, another family member, um, and uh, a family member in law. So I had this, these poems that just came out of necessity, out of me needing to express something, of grappling with, you know, not only people dying around me, but also my own, um, my own wishes to die. I really had a at a reckoning moment when I was 25, um, right before my grandfather died, and I had just achieved a really peak moment in poetry, in slam poetry. I was invited to perform at the Omega Women's and Power Conference, uh, and you know I shared a stage with Elizabeth Gilbert and Elizabeth Lesser and Bonnie St. John and all of these amazing people. And then I went back to my babysitting job and I was so depressed and I just, I really, I couldn't find, even though my art life was taking off, I really, I knew I was supposed to have a business. I knew I was supposed to help people and I really was so far away from that in my life that I got so depressed and then I was engaged. So that almost even made it worse because I felt like I was supposed to be really happy and I wasn't and what's wrong with me like you've just gotten like this huge thing that you would have killed for a few years ago um and you're now you're unhappy and you're depressed but I was and it was the first time you know since I was a teenager that like deep um wishes to die emerged and I dealt with that through writing um and I also experience some kind of supernatural sort of wild stuff in that the day that my grandfather Al died I felt a huge weight lift off my shoulders and this is significant because um you know my grandpa Al and I we didn't talk a lot we you know he was he was a sort of ornery boxing coach with a heart of gold he would train special olympics athletes and he had a gym and everybody called him coach and uh and i loved him a lot but it's not like we were close in in a way and yet in another way we were extremely close because he was obsessed with my music so i i used to be a singer songwriter and i put out a couple records and like country folk records and he loved them so much and he would play them for every single person oh I'm gonna cry every single person that walked in to his house and that was a lot of people because he was really beloved by the community because he had invested so much in his community and he would play them my songs so that <laughs> people would always ask me oh are you the singing granddaughter which oh my god you know I loved and then was also really painful at the time when I couldn't sing without pain and people would still be asking about my singing and it was so hard to get through. But that saying is that we had a special connection and actually that ended up being 
One of the themes that's in this poetry album, Keep Both My Eyes, which is the depth of knowing someone through their writing. Um, And I mentioned in one of the poems that, you know, um, I had a hard time grieving my grandmother in a way because I felt like I didn't know her that deeply. And it was because, and from my perspective, um, it was because I had never read anything she had written. And I I don't really know if she wrote anything. Um, And I say in the poem, you know, I know what holding her hand felt like and what her bedroom looked like. And I can wear her, you know, replacement wedding band on my right ring finger. But, you know, and I feel so much from those things. And there's also a part of me that really knows people through their words, through their writing, through their songs, through their, you know, these expressions of soul. And yeah, a little bit of the mourning that um, comes from not having that with someone. But anyway, you know, I didn't have that with with my grandpa Al either, but but he had it with me. Um, He knew me because he knew my words so well and he would sing along. Oh, I didn't expect to get emotional, but these are these are off the cuff. It's just how how they roll. Um, but he had that connection with me, and it was very interesting. Um, it was like the day before Al died. I went to a Tai Chi class, like really randomly. I had never done Tai Chi before, but I went and I almost fainted. (laughs) And the teacher was like, wow, you must be really sensitive to energy. And this was before I did any energy healing or anything like that. And I said, oh, I guess I am. And I had to basically like sit out the whole class because I was so affected. And, um, and then I went home and I just, it was actually funny. It was the first wave of Marie Kondo, all of that stuff. And I had recently gotten the book and I just decided to clean out everything. <laughs> Definitely my office and my closet, and my clothes. And I spent an entire day unexpectedly cleaning all of that out and kind of significantly actually getting it to the goodwill like we took all of we took like six bags to the goodwill that night and usually you know when you clean out like it still hangs around in your hallway for a while or whatever but no it was like this night it was I did it and I let it go and then that night my grandpa Al died and I got the news in the morning and you know that evening before after I let things go I already felt like this sense of relief but in the morning when I got the news it just seemed it felt even bigger and I felt for the first time in a couple months that I mean I don't know if it was even two full months but it was really like six very heavy weeks and it was the first time that I had felt sort of the clouds lift and I felt like myself again and that I realized that I kept having this thought that I want to die and or I like that I've given up I don't want to be here anymore and I kept having that thought and then I would get upset at myself for having the thought because I was like that's not true I do want to be here like I 
I want to be married to Charlie. Like, I, you know, I want all of that. But I couldn't shake this thought. And when Al died, I knew... I just had a sense, I had a knowing from my felt experience that I had somehow been channeling his experience and those thoughts of, I don't want to be here anymore, I'm done, were actually his. And because of something in our unspoken connection with these deep feelings and words, they were getting transferred to me and and I just wasn't aware of, uh, you know, really almost anything esoteric I mean a little bit I had been introduced to it a little bit enough to know that that's what was happening when I knew that was what had happened but as it was happening I didn't know I didn't even I couldn't have suspected that I wasn't in a level of consciousness where that would have entered my mind but then it became so clear afterwards so, um, so I got through, you know, some of that time through writing and I started compiling this book. Uh, it was like late August, early September, 2017. And then I recorded it in the fall of 2017. I got some feedback. I started doing, I made some edits, um, some really good feedback from Shannon, who's the protagonist of Artist CEO. She listened to it. And and I made some edits. And then I really didn't know what I was going to do with it. I knew I always wanted to, it to be audio. But I felt like maybe it needed some music or something. And then I got inspired to start writing music again. And I thought, well, maybe I'll write the music for it. Which, let's be honest, that was a little ambitious. Um, a little, a little, slightly delusional. But, hey, you know, we, we all have to have a little bit of delusion to, to get the stuff we want to get done done. But I, uh, I started playing guitar, and then some of these poems that I had written turned into songs quite effortlessly about, like, last March, about a year ago. And then I was like, oh my gosh, well, am I supposed to perform this maybe I'm supposed to perform this and you know and then I, I got on really for like the next part of the year like through August I was kind of stuck a little bit in this thing of am I going to perform this or am I not like I started memorizing poems I started practicing but it just never flowed to happen and you know and I had some angst about it also because I haven't been performing I haven't been on stage in a few years and I know that that's coming but it wasn't the right time and so I just kind of put it to the back burner last fall and I was like I don't know what's gonna happen but I know it's gonna come out and then um early this year I just knew that it was time and in January, I just said, I started working on it and, you know, I needed to record, you know, re-record a few things. I had had insights. Um, I had written an additional poem for the end that I needed to record. I did all of that and I kind of made a, just a, made a vow to myself that I wouldn't leave February without it out. <laughs> and uh, so that meant I had to get to work. So, uh, I needed, I knew it needed some music and I considered hiring a friend 
a guitarist to write some music, but then I thought, you know, I'm a little bit of a control freak. I really am. And I don't have a ton of money to spend. Um, So maybe I'll just try to use something that my friend has already written. And I went to his album and listened through and I found three songs that I liked. And I just started piecing them, weaving them in and out of the poems. And it just worked. It just really, you know, it's, it's when you're working on something and you can, you start to tear up and you feel the chills and you're like, oh, wow, I think this is working. And I, you know, I put that together pretty quickly and, you know, over, over two weeks, I'd say. Uh, And then I did, you know, some touch-ups. I'm going to have my husband who does music editing do some touch-ups for me because he has even more skills than I do. A lot more skills than I do. I mean, that's what he does, does. And uh, I set a date. I set a date to present it in person on February 23rd with a small group of audience at my home, along with my husband's going to be presenting some of the songs that he's been working on. And then I'm going to release it on February 28th so that I keep my promise that it's out in the world by the end of February. And and then I'm going to be done with it. I mean, you know, and well, actually, so I'm going to be done with it in a way. But also, interestingly enough, I got uh, called to perform some poetry at a women's sort of empowerment art in the arts event in March. And that's perfect because I'll be able to send people to my completed poetry book. And I'm, I'm really stoked. I'm really excited to send people there because I feel like it's the first piece of pure art that I've done in maturity that I've done as an adult you know the albums that I did I look back on them and I'm proud of them I'm proud of what I did and also I didn't in one I didn't have quite enough skill in my opinion some people still listen to it and I'm kind of like oh my god you still listen to that record but oh I need to do another one because I could do it a lot better now but hey I don't want to steal you you know steal the joy um or the connection but that's just how I feel about it and then the other one I didn't have a clear enough vision of what I wanted and uh it doesn't feel as much like me as I would prefer but this is the first yeah the first piece of work that really feels like all me and that feels very exciting to lead people into so that's that if you want to get it when it comes out you should email me you should sign up for my email list I'll put something up on the podcast like I've got a podcast menu item on kalocreative.com k-a-y-l-o creative.com and that's like a blog so I'll put an email sign up on there for keep both my eyes that's connected to this post so that when it comes out you can hear it uh, it's deep stuff. It's beautiful stuff. Oh man, I didn't even mention that I thought about doing a like doing this poetry with some like restorative yoga and Reiki in a live setting. And I still might do that, but again, it just felt wrong. Like all the things that I was trying to do felt wrong. And so I didn't so <laughs> as best as I could, I tried to not force it and let it just let it go. Let it dissolve if it's if it's meant to happen it'll happen this way and if it's not meant to happen it'll happen in a different way and I just kept 
searching and being like, is it this? Is it that? Is it this? Is it that? Is it, you know, or what about this? And finally, you know, when I downloaded my friend's music, which his name is Kenji Herbert, um, and he's a great guitar player. And I will let you know, you know, when it, when it comes out, there'll be ample links to his stuff so you can buy the music, but it just flowed and I knew, and it became so clear. So yeah, that's what's been going on with me. This podcast, I'm so excited. This podcast is, uh, I, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna start happening. I can promise that in March, it's gonna start coming out regularly, March 2019. So if you're, you know, if you're watching this later, if you're listening to this later, sorry, um, I can promise that it'll start being regular March 2019. I thought it would be coming out regularly before that, but then I just, you know, some other things have had to happen. I like launched a program that, a 10-day program that mixes UHB with human design and that sold out and I've done, a, I've been doing a lot of stuff. Don't, you know, I've been doing a lot of stuff and this just had to get moved because I realized that it was going to take up all my energy and I really needed that energy to finish this creative project so I'm not creative bypassing and just doing the like money related work I need to do the art and soul related work too and and for me you know it's all connected because my healing work I get paid for it but it's such a soul it's such soul work but still there's that artist in me that must be fed and must feel satisfied. So I hope this was interesting for you. I think the takeaways are probably one, stop creatively bypassing if you know that you're doing it. Like if you're going to finish something, if you know you're going to finish something, finish it. And, you know, don't force it. One of the things that I wanted for this experience of releasing this book was to practice what I preach and see how easy it could be. Now, I thought it was going to be easier than it was, but I will say that all in all, it did not take that long. Like if we stacked all of the hours that I worked on it together, it's not that many. It was actually quite easy. The hard part was any times that I was pushing in a direction that was actually not flowing and every time and so I would just you know I would try that for a little while I would push and then I'd be like okay that's not working and then I would redirect but you know I could have even saved time on some of that pushing and been like no like I am only accepting this to feel really good I want it to feel really good And I could have, you know, when I felt the resistance, that wasn't my own resistance, but was kind of the resistance from outside. Like, it wasn't me being afraid to work. It was just that uh, something was off. And I wish I had better words to explain it, but I think that you probably know what I mean. And if you don't, it's something you can start feeling into, which is when does something feel really good, feel really easy, feel right? And, uh, and when does something not feel quite right? And can I stop pushing the things that don't feel right? Because I have confidence that there is, there is a path that is going to feel right. There is a path that's going to feel clear, like, yes, like this. And that's been happening, happening for me a lot lately, because I've gotten 
I've gotten a few really just like, ooh, this is juicy. Ooh, launching this feels good. Ooh, yes, yes, yes. And that has shown me that I can have more discernment and more, a little bit more control. Uh, You know, I can't control it, but I can control the fact that I don't need to engage myself with the things that don't feel that way that don't feel like a yes, that don't feel right, that don't feel all of that. And that's powerful stuff. So that's what I would take away from this. And to listen. um, It's, uh, I'm really proud of it. It's it's pretty heavy. We're going to be releasing it as a full length. So you can listen all the way through. It's 35 minutes long. And then also breaking it up so that you can listen in smaller chunks because it's kind of heavy subject matter and uh, you might need a break. So love you all. Thank you for listening. There's going to be more episodes, more value, more like, you know, there's going to be these episodes and there's going to be stuff that's really practical of like, this is how I manage my cycle and plan my life around my cycle. And this is how, you know, emotions get stuck in the body and what we can do to process them all of that stuff, it's coming. But this is where we're starting, getting to know each other. Okay? Okay. <laughs>